DIY dream. Hello, Johnny. Move, move, move. Wow. Welcome back, Johnny. Welcome back. Oh, how are you feeling? Did the doctors check on you? Did they? To a non half K episode, but we are here for a bonus episode. Your boy, the Mandalorian, and your boy, El Vader. El Vader, Ooh. yeah, not even like the letter L. It's like the Vader. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty dope. <laughs> the Vader. Did you? Is that based off of uh, your newly acquired socks? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Greatest. Greatest fat boy wrestler in a, ever, dude. It was when I was picking out your Christmas gifts. It was down between because they didn't have that that many options. So it was between that one and Kevin Nash. So mm, ah, Vader, bro, Vader. Oh, okay. Yeah, very wise choice there. <laughs> I don't need to be big, sexy. I need to be big, Van Vader. It's elevator. It's weird because it wasn't even Diesel. It was Kevin Nash. <laughs> oh, that's even worse, man. Like not even Big Daddy Cool. No. And they didn't even have a they didn't even have a Scott Hall equivalent. It was just Kevin Nash. Oh, if that was the case, they should have just did the Outsiders and gave you like Scott Hall on one leg. That's what and I Kevin thought. Kevin Nash on the other. That's what I thought they would have done. But you guys are missing out. Hire us now. Come on, man. But as long as we got Vader on there, it's all good. Welcome back to another bonus episode. So recently, the Half K crew and family just went to Houston to go visit our other boy. Marco Polo. No. Nice. Uh, El Marco. Ah, <laughs> yes. The Mark. <laughs> mm. We had the cool experience of going to Worlds Collide and the Royal Rumble. So we're going to actually break this into two episodes and kind of give you an overall recap. Not a regular review like our regular NXT podcast, but more of a recap and a little bit more on just the overall experience of the event, I would say. Yeah, we're going to come in here. We're going to share our experiences with our viewers but are they viewers if they're listeners? Ah, they yeah. Share our experiences <laughs> with our listeners because you guys can't see us. Yes. Because we actually hang out with John Cena. Mm. We have John Cena's blood infused in us. <laughs> so even when right now, if someone were to take a photo, it would just be two empty mics. <laughs> Definitely. Two empty mics and floating phone. <laughs> cool. But yes, season three is on the way, but we decided, eh, might as well just kind of give you our recap over the uh, Royal Rumble weekend. So yeah, so this is one part and then stay tuned for the second part where we'll do more of an overall recap of our trip in Houston and overall the Royal Rumble. Cool. So overall, this is NXT versus NXT UK Worlds Collide. And this is the first special because I believe the other ones, uh, the other Worlds Collides events were more like our episodes, if I can, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they just did like kind of like um hour episodes. And I mean, I'm pretty sure the event themselves weren't an hour, but they just like pulled mm-hmm. maybe or put together like the matches that they wanted to show. They're probably like really a 
two, three hour event or so. Yeah. And these are all matches recorded at, I believe, Access at, during the, the WrestleMania weekend. Correct. Yeah, you're right. They were they weren't like their own event. It was just like, hey, man, we're doing this at Access. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of put it together. Yeah. And that one was really more of uh, they actually did just pick out people from every brand. It wasn't yeah. NXT versus NXT UK only. They actually had people from SmackDown versus NXT and Raw versus UK. And I think even, yeah, 205 Live versus. No, definitely. I remember having, they had a 205 Live in there too. Mm -hmm. So this one is more of the first time that they're actually using the Worlds Collide brand as a WWE Network exclusive event. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Um, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. I want to say they should, uh, use worlds collide is survivor series weekend mm, that's a as good opposed one. to having this like i mean last year survivor series was really cool don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but like five on five on five teams is a little much mm-hmm. it'd probably be better if you just do like and then it gets like nxc uk a chance to shine too so you could do raw versus smackdown for survivor series and then do uh like nxt versus nxt uk for worlds collide the day before or so yeah no i agree i think it's also because they were definitely trying to push nxt as the third brand this mm-hmm. year to you know boost it up a bit for the uh usa release mm-hmm. but i think you're right where if they were to kind of have the same concept with nxt versus nxt uk during that weekend i, I think it would work a lot better and yeah you're not trying to cram in so much of uh of the roster onto survivor series yeah it might make it a little bit more digestible Mm -hmm. and then uh i'm actually like probably gonna go on a tangent right now but Mm -hmm. uh i'm wondering how the raw after mania is gonna be now whereas like it's not really because since nxt is pretty much pushed as a like an equal third brand yeah there's not as much emphasis on wondering who gets called up to the quote unquote main roster since they're almost kind of pushed as equals. Yeah. So it, it'll be, we're almost there. What are we like 60 something days away from mania? Yeah. Almost there. Yes. <laughs> and I think you're right too, because even now I think there's even excitement now on who returns or goes to NXT for the first time. Yeah. Just with, uh, with everything with Balor and Fen- uh, Breezango go- coming, coming back to NXT that, I think a lot of people are even excited about those moves as well for people to come back or yeah, appear on NXT for the very first time, you know? Oh, definitely. It's like, um, you know, the, the main roster quote unquote call up was like a big deal, but now it's almost like not cause, Mm -hmm. uh, what did they have? Um, what's that dude? Riddick Moss Mm -hmm. is now on raw. So unceremoniously (laughs) just threw him there with Mojo Raleigh of all people to be kind of like his enforcer, which is weird because Mojo Raleigh's taller than him. Yeah. So, I mean, I be- I wish the best for Riddick Moss, so hopefully he gets to shine. It's also kind of for, like, the D-tier title, which is kind of... Man, it's like, yo, man, I need a bodyguard to help me with the 24-7 title, even though I just said I wasn't going to run from nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mojo Raleigh talked just like that, too, and he be moving around. Yeah, I, that's a good... Uh, stereo check for our listeners as you moved around the microphone (laughs) so yeah (laughs) let's go mojo (laughs) cool so yeah let's get the show on the go with nxt worlds collide or i should say nxt 
versus NXT UK Worlds Collide. Battle of the NXTs. Yes. So this actually came from the Toyota Center. So I thought this was kind of cool to start off where they had similar to when we went to um, New Orleans where the they Smoothie had King. Yeah, the Smoothie King Center. <laughs> and then, of course, they had Mania at the Big Dome. So it's kind of cool that they had both shows on, uh, you know, different stadiums slash Coliseum or what would you say? Uh, uh, I, uh, arenas. Arenas or, uh, versus stadiums. Yeah, yeah, stadium and arena. Yeah. So, yeah, this one came from the Toyota Center and on, uh, yeah, on Saturday. So it was kind of, I guess from our experience, we got there a little bit later, not too late actually, but during this time, the uh, pre-show had already started by the time we got there. So I had to kind of uh, just play recap and watch the pre-show once I got home. And the pre-show was Mia Yim versus uh, Kaylee Ray. The, our girl, Mia Yim. Our girl, our sh- Hall of Fame, our half K Hall of Famer, Mia Yim. <laughs> yeah, we love Mia Yim. We're uh, Kaylee Ray fans now, too. Yes. <laughs> and at this point, Kaylee Ray is the NXT UK Women's Champion as well. This is a non-title match, by the way, mm-hmm. but just a uh, another brand versus brand match to start off, start off the... Uh, the pay-per-view or special, I guess. I'm, I'm just going to call it special. <laughs> yeah, let's just call it a special. Yes. Net, net, uh, WWE Network special. Yes. Ah, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> Since I know you didn't have a, a chance to watch this pre-show, sad face. <laughs> when Kaylee Ray came down for her entrance, it's kind of cool. I, I don't know if you've noticed this with certain wrestlers where they, when they don't wear their shirt, and I think it kind of works for her gimmick. She doesn't wear her shirt, but she wear she tucks it in into her trunks mm. on the side. And I kind of like that when when it fits a wrestler. You know what I mean? Because certain wrestlers can pull it off where they come down in their entrance with their shirt. But then some of them, uh, like how she did uh, tonight. Kind of like have it draped on the side. Yeah, I kind of liked it because it, it's still like you're still trying to like push your merch, but you do it in a very subtle way. You know what no, I mean? I like that, too, because like... Um some people when they wear their shirts it's kind of corny exactly yeah but if you could pull it off just having it on you somewhere at least you're not neglecting your merchandise Mm -hmm. so that's that's a good look yeah because then there's a bunch of people who have shirts but they never wear them at all either so then they don't really do a good job of pushing their own merch versus this i think it's like a happy medium you know Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah it's like it's there i have it with me I don't need to wear it. Yeah, yeah. Because I have to take it off and it's like so much work. Yeah. And you clearly see like the the main parts of the logo on the mm-hmm. shirt. So it's I think it's perfect. That's smart. So yeah, to start off the match, yeah. Um Yim hits like a missile drop kick and then does the roll into the corner. And she starts off the match really hot. And I kind of you know, when I was doing my research, I was actually coincidentally re-watching parts of the uh May, the first May Young Classic the other last week or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of ironic that these two girls came from the first uh, May Young Classic. But I know before that, of course, they've wrestled each other several times on the uh, on the indie scene. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just seeing their in-ring chemistry, like I'll mention this again when we talk about the uh, the women's championship with Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm later. But yeah, just seeing these two go... You can definitely tell that they've they've had a history of like working with each other because they they work really smooth together. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no that that that's really good for the ladies or for the women superstars. Mm-hmm. It 
the likelihood of them having crossed paths on the indie scene is a little bit higher than the men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I feel like I'm looking at the the names of the women who competed at uh, Worlds Collide, and I know they all wrestled for like Shimmer, mm-hmm. Shine, or Stardom. So for them to like kind of retain that chemistry is really good. Yeah. No, I agree, and I think that's where you can kind of tell that based on how they worked with each other because they had a lot of fundamental moves, but then when they started doing chain wrestling and started hitting their high spots, I don't think they, I don't think they kind of like misstepped any moves at all. Mm. Like they landed everything perfectly. There was a sequence where uh, Kaylee Ray went on the top rope and I think she does a trademark Swanton uh, bomb as one of her trademark moves. Mm-hmm. So she missed it, but the way that Mia kind of like timed to move like really at the last minute and then the impact that, uh ray hit when like she landed on the mat it sounded so hard and like people really reacted b- mm. based on like how well yeah like they did the timing for that and later on then uh mia did a really good sequence when i forget what the sequence is but she did uh the neck breaker as the finish of the sequence mm. and it was just like really smooth and then from there she does that uh where she's on the apron and then like slides through the middle rope and hits the spinning ddt from the corner mm, yeah and yeah it just I've seen her do it to a couple of the women's roster and they kind of mistime it, but literally they did it really smooth between the two of them. So that's where I, I feel like their their experience to get her really paid off at that point. Nice. Uh, and then, yeah, one more highlight I had here was uh, Kaylee Ray did. Uh, I did a, a shout out to you where she did the, the rollout <laughs> where she had done it from the top rope and Mia Yim was on the outside. So she had actually done it from the top rope to the outside. Nice. And it looked really, really good. And again, really good and really safe on like how they timed that spot. Oh, yeah. As well. dude, Kaylee Ray can go mm-hmm. like in a weird pose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think I was telling you. Uh, over the weekend that I totally forgot that she was in the first May Young Classic because she was eliminated in the first round. But even then, you can kind of tell how uh, how well of a technical and like kind of a actually like a hybrid wrestler because she does a lot of technical and high flying moves. So she's kind of like the overall package. Yeah. And then over the years now that I've been following her on NXT UK, like, yeah, you can definitely tell why they decided to uh, kind of give her the the spotlight with the championship. So. Uh, Mia Yim hits the first Canadian destroyer of the night. <laughs> there will definitely be more to come later on. And uh, I think when the other one comes up, I think we'll have a separate discussion about that. <sighs> but in the closing sequence, yeah, Mia Yim tries to do a roll up finish and then Kaylee kind of reverses it and then just does the trademark heel of holding the uh, her pants. jeans. Yeah, pants, jeans. <laughs> so she holds them down and gets the uh, roll up victory. It was kind of cool watching it back because since we had gotten there kind of kind of at the uh, closing sequence, mm-hmm. you can tell the fans were invested. But when I was watching this match and, yeah, all the spots that they were doing in the middle of the match, the crowd was really invested, like right off the bat. And I think that's what kind of hurt the Ripley match later on, where I think everyone was kind of um, kind of gassed out from watching the the DIY match and the Fatal 4-Way. That- yeah, I think they might have put that... Uh- I don't know. You know what? It probably might have been better to open the show with that. Mm-hmm. Like the like the actual show show just to 
really kind of keep everybody red hot for Ripley and Storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like after DIY and Mustache Mountain, it's a, there's a little bit of a burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the word I was trying to look yeah. for. Uh, burnout because yeah, watching this match, like rewatching this match over, the yeah, like this is at the point too where like not the entire audience had already come into the arena yet, mm. and for it to still be kind of like filling in, like the crowd was super into this match. Uh, I think I'm gonna put it down as one of my recommendations for uh not match of the year but a standout match of the year because mm. they just had really good chemistry and i think it was the perfect timing because it was kind of the opening match even though it wasn't on you know it's on the pre-show mm-hmm. they did it felt like a it actually felt like a regular opening match at a takeover mm. uh, that's how, oh, okay i got you that's how i feel like the quality of the match and the response from the crowd was that's probably like the type of match where if they were gonna if it was a takeover mm-hmm. and then, you know, how you get that NXT episode the, the following Wednesday. Yeah. You put that one on there. Yeah. Probably like is one of the higher matches up there. Exactly. Yeah. I think I think sometime maybe we should now that I think about it, we should kind of do the best of uh, pre-show matches because mm. I think these are definitely like this match, for example, I think is really going to go under the radar in the years to come because no one really thinks about pre- pre-show matches. Mm-hmm. But I think this one stands out to me as one of the better pre-show matches. Mm. You know what? There are some like gems mm-hmm. of pre-show matches out there. You yeah. remember what? Mania 31 where they had oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Neville and Austin Aries exactly. in the pre-show. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm pretty sure maybe yeah, we can do a couple of research and ask, you know, the listeners as well like what are some of your favorites and we can kind of review those. Nice. So, oh, I'm with that. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, I as I mentioned before, I I think this was a really good match and from there we started getting more video packages of the matches for uh the main card. And kind of funny because the the main things that we heard, uh, I did research. So the guy on NXT UK is named Andy Shepard, and he was alongside with Charlie Caruso and Sam Roberts. And it was literally throughout the whole pre-show, every single time that Charlie and Andy were talking, like everyone was fine, like no one... The fans weren't doing anything, but as soon as Sam Roberts said anything, literally the whole arena just started like booing him instantly. It was I don't even I don't know what it is, but I don't like that dude either. It's just something about him and the way he talks and his opinions that he gives. It just makes it seem so weaselly. It's been interesting because I've kind of listened to Sam Roberts before on his podcast before he started appearing on pre-shows and he didn't seem to have a character. I think like they're doing it on purpose where he has like a heelish character while he's on screen. Yeah, he does seem kind of heely. Mhm. But then yeah, I don't know when they decided to do this. I know it kind of blew up when he kind of did the same thing where he had mentioned something about not really liking or didn't think that Bianca Belair would be a big star right off the bat. And I think that's where he started gaining some legit heat. And then oh, yeah. I think he just worked it into the storyline now and just kind of make it kind of like Michael Cole back in the early 2010s where he just kind of became more heel commentator. Mm. I feel like that's what they're doing with Sam Roberts now, but I don't know what the purpose is because no one really watches the pre-show. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I, I, mm, that's a good point. <laughs> but anyway, I thought it was just funny that, uh, I think even Mark asked me, like, why are they booing this guy? And I kind of gave him that same recap and he was like, oh, okay. (laughs) But yeah, I thought it was funny. So, yeah, we start off the show and they do a pretty cool opening video where it was more kind of like a uh, war propaganda style, I think, Mm -hmm. where since the main event was uh, between the two top stables of each brand. So I think they did a really good job of I think it was like Winston Churchill. Yeah, 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 that they did like uh, quotes and uh, voiceovers from him. So, yeah, I think it did a really good job of recapping. And I think even after the show, I had asked Mark, like, 
what he thought about the package. And he's like, oh, it, it did a good job of kind of. I think he actually meant the one before the match, not mm. not this opening uh, event mm-hmm. video package. But yeah, either way. Cool. So the first matchup is between Finn. It, uh, I should say the first matchup is between NXT's Finn Balor versus your boy, Ila. Ila? I think it's Ilya. Ilya. Ilya, Ilya Dragunov. Dragunov. Yes. Yeah, it's my guy, dude. Yes. Yeah, I... Uh, what matchup was it on one of the takeovers? He, Cesaro. Cesaro. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Barn burner against yeah, Cesaro, yeah. dude. Dragunov is a beast. Mm-hmm. He just goes out there and just does his thing. He's got a leather jacket just like Finn Balor. Yeah. <laughs> they look like they could have been a team, but not nah, they, they tore it up. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of since I was rewatching this uh, this special, it was actually Tom Phillips and Nigel McGinnis calling commentary throughout the night. Mm-hmm. And they like, I think that is one of my favorite pairings. My favorite pairings in the original, not original, but I should say uh, when, when, um, when Corey and Tom Phillips were still calling NXT, that was probably my favorite pairing in a while because they just bounce off of each other really well. Tom Phillips was a really good commentator. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I think they did it on purpose where they gave them uh double duty throughout the weekend just so they can be like, okay, yeah, this guy does deserve to take over the raw spot. You know what I yeah, mean? No, yeah. No, for real. Yeah. I agree with that. So yeah, like I remember watching this, you know, when we were watching this match live that it was already a good match. And then when I rewatched it with their commentary, it just like amplified it. And, mm, and okay. It, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll just, I'm pretty much going to give a shout out to those two guys throughout this, uh, throughout this recap. So yeah, I thought it was really good. But yeah, kind of how we mentioned, I'm not going to go into too much full detail over the match, but uh, just seeing it live and of course it kind of being the opener now, the crowd was super, uh, super into the match. I will say that, you know, when uh, Dragonoff did come out, like a lot, it wasn't the same pop because I think everyone's just familiar who Finn Balor is. So since most people haven't really caught up with NXT UK, he didn't have the crowd over when, you know, he came out and then in the initial uh, minutes of the match but as the match progressed and like they really started showing off their um their their skills that he he did win over the crowd oh yeah once he started to go mm-hmm. and i felt like that was almost a recurring theme for the night too because mm-hmm. uh i mean i'm i'm guilty of it myself i don't follow nxt uk as closely as i follow nxt yeah but um the, once the crowd got to see him go then you bought into it. Yeah. And it was, it was a good back and forth match. I really appreciated it. Like their work together. And it was like, I don't know if they've wrestled before, mm-hmm. but you would have never guessed if that was like the first time. Cause it just looked polished. Yeah, no, exactly. And, uh, throughout the match, I think, yeah, all the spots that they did, but then the spot that I think everyone just finally, uh, accepted him and, you know, he won over the crowd was his uh coast to coast spot that he, he oh did. yeah yeah mm-hmm. that was definitely the spot where like i think there was like a this is an awesome chant and everything Whoa. yeah yeah towards the end of the match i i think uh balor just hits the coup de gras right i believe to for the finish yeah uh i think he went coup de gras oh, and, and then, then hit the um the 1916 yeah, yeah 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 that's that seems to be like his combination right now and i appreciate that because mm-hmm. like the coup de gras is dope but it's a little lackluster but seeing him hit that DDT when people get up there right, it's it's a great finish. Plus, I think it's a uh, it's more of uh, a heel way of winning the match. Too. Yeah, you know, pick somebody up, drop them on their head after you already drop kicked them in the chest yeah, and yeah. stepped on them. It's like, all right, yeah. So I I think that definitely fits his character currently. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, overall, like I, I think this was a really good match and definitely a really good opener to the uh, to the event. Afterwards, then we have a pretty funny interview segment between Kathy Kelly and the grizzled young veterans and the Broserweights. <laughs> this definitely got a huge pop throughout uh, the whole segment because, uh, of course, we have the combo of Pete Dunn and uh, your boy Matt Riddle. <laughs> Joint manipulation, baby. Yeah, as the internet calls them, <laughs> which so I, good. It, it's and then a, they make all the innuendos. Yeah, like I think that's what was really good is that uh, Riddle, or I should say, before that, of course, uh, the grizzled vet, young veterans cut a promo. And it was mostly Zach Gibson who was, who was doing the talking, but yeah, because James Drake looks like <laughs> Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> you, you brought it up, and I was like, oh, now I can't unsee it. <laughs> but yeah, like I really like Zach Gibson on the mic, and you know, of course, he does a really good heel promo. But then when Kathy goes over and talks to uh, the Broser weights, it's uh, Matt Riddle just being Matt Riddle. And right now, I think. I haven't seen the latest episode, but I still like the fact that they uh, are keeping them as a team right now and that they do the perfect like straight man and comedy man. Combo. Oh, yeah. No, they're they're great at it. Like Dunn just sits there straight face and then like he starts to talk and he's so he's got his polished accent. Yeah. And then he's like, if I could be blunt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. So good. Yeah. The, the audience just ate it up and yeah, they just do like their team pose at the end of the pro and yeah <laughs> but yeah i i really like this combo and i think kind of what we mentioned before when we were talking i think on the plane or whatever where it's kind of cool that it seems at least for the nxt brand anyway where the top guys seem like they're getting like an extended break not a break but a little bit more relaxed schedule during this uh holiday like from december to january mm-hmm. because when they do the Dusty Road Classic, they seem to pair like last time they had pair Ricochet and Black together. It's so and, random. Yeah. So it seems like they pair like the top single guys from the brand together during this time of the year to kind of give them a little bit more of an extended break. So they don't have to do these over the top single matches. I think you're right. Balor and Joe mm-hmm. for the first one. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it seems like they do it. And it's also I don't know if they're on their way out to like go to Raw or SmackDown, but that's also like another indication too of when these guys have been kind of on the main event scene for NXT that now they're kind of just pairing them off so like other people can kind of take that main event spot in the mm-hmm. meantime. So mm-hmm. really good promo to uh, kind of just do a little bit of uh, pacing relief after such a good match. Yeah, a little bit of a calm down, let us like breathe and laugh for a little bit before getting into the next match oh yeah which was now that i'm looking at it not that long but just full speed ahead from like the opening bell yeah so this is definitely the match that i have the most notes down because <laughs> it's the uh fatal four-way for the nxt cruiserweight championship the new rechristened nxt championship because it is uh the champion or i should i'll, I'll go in order where it's uh NXT UK's Jordan Devlin versus uh, NXT's Elijah Swerve Scott, mm-hmm. NXT UK's Travis Banks, and the NXT Cruiserweight Champion himself, Angel Garza. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was the same day. I, of course, we didn't see this, but I think it was on WWE.com where they had shown that they he was getting the new... Yeah, the new redesigned belt. It doesn't say WWE anymore. Mm-hmm. It put a black strap on it. It says NXT, still silver plates, mm-hmm. 
But I think what it has like some purple accents in it, just to still kind of. I think it has purple in the middle of it. Yeah, just to still reference the fact that it was purple. Mm-hmm. And I, I now that I think about it, yeah, I, I think it's a decent amount of time since because I believe the cruiserweight tournament was in either 2015 or 16. Because it was a while ago. Yeah, because I. Yeah, like I had mentioned earlier, I was rewatching the first May Young Classic, and that happened in 2017. So I know the cruiserweight tournament tournament had happened before that. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was it was a, it was a matter of time, and yeah, ever since they renamed it to the NXT title, I think it only made sense that they were gonna like do a redesign sooner or later. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I um, I'm just. I don't know if these are in the correct order, but I will just mention some of my highlights and feel free to chime in. Uh, Devlin did a really nice tornado D uh, tornado DDT reversal on Swerve and Banks, where it was, I believe he had like been slingshotted in the air onto the apron and then rever- reversed back in. Yeah. And then, and then did the uh, reverse uh, or tornado DDT. Tornado DDT at that point. There's a part, I think, in the beginning of the match where. Of course, Angel was trying to like take off his <laughs> his gear right off the bat, but then everybody it, beat him up. Yeah, like, don't you dare. Yeah, and then later on when he finally did it, then uh, of course the the crowd popped, and then Mark <laughs> was telling me was like asking me like, so wh- what was the point of that? Was that supposed to like distract people? And so it, it was also, I guess, overall, I should mention that we had gone with um with Jamie and our friend Mark. And Mark isn't as much of an avid wrestling fan. So it was kind of cool getting his perspective throughout the whole night of like what people were doing. And this also, yeah, he was kind of uh, out of the loop when it came to Garza's stripping thing. It's pretty cool when you get to watch wrestling with people who don't really watch wrestling no more, who mm-hmm. are who are willing to try to understand what's happening. Cause you could get people who don't watch wrestling and they'll see there and you like, you'll be watching wrestling and they'll just be like, what are you watching? And like Mm -hmm. be narrow minded to not really want to understand it. But then when you get somebody who's willing to ask questions and just try to understand, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, he, he was just asking me like, Oh, was that like kind of like a a finisher or something? I'm like, no, it's just like, just to kind of like pop the crowd and everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it was cool that he was asking me. (laughs) And yeah, I know there was a ton of spots, but at least for me, I think the move of of the night basically was when uh, Garza was holding Jordan Devlin on uh, just like you know a standard kind of like yeah, get worse, like almost like, if he was going to give him a uh, like a fallaway slam or a back or a, yeah backbreaker, mm-hmm. and then uh, Banks attempts to do like a hurricanrana while he's still holding him, and then at that point Garza literally holds both guys at the same time. Yes, and then. He holds him for a good while because at that point, then Swerve is going to the top rope and he's holding these two guys while, you know, Scott is trying to like go up there. And then Swerve does a double stomp onto, uh, I believe, yeah, Banks at this point. And then they all come crashing down. Ridiculous. Is if I was, yeah, I was telling Mark too that during this match, there was so many spots that even we had never seen before. And that was definitely one of those spots. You Ridiculous. Know? Yeah absolutely ridiculous yeah and then uh <laughs> so after that then we hit uh banks then hits the second canadian destroyer of the night <laughs> reversing devlin's uh finisher the side suplex that's right yeah because yeah. he did that because he does that thing where he pulls him by the arm mm-hmm. and he's pulled him by the arm and he shot right up to his shoulders and hit him with a destroyer yeah like as much as it's 
it's like an overused move yeah. now. Mm. It's really cool to see where people are pulling this out from. That's like, true. Yeah. Seemingly just out of a hat. It's like, well, flipping pile drivers. Whoa, wait a minute. So, all right, flipping pile driver. Like, what you thought you had one? No, flipping pile driver. Because mm-hmm. didn't uh, Adam Cole hit Pete Dunn with a cool mm-hmm. flipping pile driver from the bitter end, I think. It was uh, at Sur- their Survivor Series. Yeah, match. that was yeah. ridiculous. It, yeah, the flipping pile driver. Canadian destroyer, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's it's the new cutter and it's only gonna get more and more ridiculous. Yeah. So I think I like we had talked about this before where I had mixed feelings where I really wish it was still like an overall finisher, but mm-hmm. I agree with you now where I think that's how people felt in the eighties when Jake Roberts was just hitting the regular DDT mm-hmm. as a finisher and people believed it as a finisher back then. And then since we mostly grew up with wrestling in the 90s, we had been so desensitized to it just being a regular move that I can see why there was such an uproar of people saying like, oh, no, that shouldn't be like a regular move. Yeah. So now we kind of have our equivalent to that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was like it was weird when you got to just see dudes like Raven and Tommy Dreamer winning matches with DDTs. Was like, mm-hmm. what is that? It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty plain right there when people are out there in like cutters and stunners. And right, right, right. So now we're... uh now we're like the grizzled old veterans and feeling with uh and it's like uh what is this flipping pod driver is a regular move now come yeah. on man and uh in our hearts we're like oh but we we remember when it was a finish i remember <laughs> when like that's what made pd williams the coolest dude tna because yeah. he was hitting the canadian destroyer yeah but now it's like man you know what's coming next like reverse canadian destroyers or like tombstone destroyers i didn't even know that's gonna work yeah Drew, you're, you're gonna have it you're gonna see it somebody's gonna hit i'm pretty i think i've seen it but somebody hit like a double underhook canadian destroyer. oh yeah, yeah. Like, that's the most dangerous yeah <laughs> oh all the future <laughs> so i watched this spot again where um devlin goes for a double spanish fly on banks and garza so when we saw it live of course we kind of had uh mixed feelings about it but i think the way the camera shots were on 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 the network it didn't look that bad. It just like a double T-bone suplex, didn't it? It, it did. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it's because mostly because Devlin, uh, I think he jumped a little bit early where it, it made it look like he kind of like slid, slid off. Accidentally. Yeah, it, did, it did look like he slipped. Yeah. 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 But yeah, overall, like how you just mentioned, it did look more like a T-bone suplex at that point, but it still looked pretty good. From, yeah. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, that was probably the, the better way to go about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like trying to force two guys to hit a front flip and one guy to hit a back flip. Yeah. So, you know, probably a little bit better to just kind of toss them both and let them flip on their own. So if it was a botch, I think they got the long end of the stick. On yeah, that one. exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And in the closing sequence, this is pretty crazy. <laughs> so bear with me. So Swerve uh, picks up Banks on his shoulders. And then at that point, Garza is already waiting from them on the top rope. And then he hits a missile dropkick. But while that's going on, Banks is still holding on to uh, Swerve at that point and hits a Poisonana as he's coming down. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then that got a huge pop. And then at that point, Garza kind of took advantage of it and just uh, threw Banks out of the ring and hit the uh, wing clipper. Yeah. But then out of nowhere, uh, Devlin comes in and then just hits Garza with a strong headbutt and kind of knocks him out for the rest of the match. And then, yeah, he just picks up um, Swerve with his Jordan side suplex finish mm-hmm. and and gets the win. And I think what threw me off about this is from the perspective that we saw, it, it did look kind of weird. But 
watching it on the network, like it looked really smooth, and mm, I, okay. I, I really like how it came off on TV. I think it's yeah, just the angle because we couldn't really see like if uh, if if it was a mess up or not. But yeah, when you rewatch it on the network, it, it looked perfect. Yeah, because from where we were sitting. It almost looked like somebody was supposed to get in there and break up the count. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that it was more on our angle than than anything. But, but yeah, like we had said, to me, yeah, this was probably match of the night. But, I mean, this is saying something because we still have to go through Mustache Mountain and DIY. But I think overall, like, yeah, these guys pretty much tore the house down, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, we... we what 12 minutes and five seconds you would have thought that a match of that caliber would have stretched like 20 minutes mm-hmm. yeah but no they they tore it up with the time that they had for sure yeah so yeah i i really love this match and that's this one is definitely going into my uh 2020 match of the year list so yeah <laughs> definitely cool so after this then we get the trademark take you know the weird part is that it's not a takeover but we're kind of doing takeover spots <laughs> where we do our uh put in a wrestler into the audience <laughs> oh yeah that's right is this, is this when they show bianca Belair? uh not yet so right. this one, there's a there's a round of these <laughs> so this is the first one where it's uh keith lee and mia yim because uh lee had just won the north oh, american championship right, right. uh last week yeah it feels like a long time ago even though it was like no, it was really week. just last week <laughs> and i th- think i had here i think this is the first time where on regular nxt programming where they show the couple together i mean they didn't look very coupley but it's the first time i think that they've outside of like those documentary style shows i think it was the first time where they just have them on regular programming as uh as a pair you know if i i think you're right yeah but of course they weren't like hugging or anything like that they were just kind of like standing next to each other Mm -hmm. but it's kind of cool seeing uh finally seeing those two on on cam on camera together i know, know they're like super cute together mm-hmm. hopefully when uh when they're both kind of like i i think i mentioned before when they ever bring back the mix match challenge i think it would be really cool to have all these couple pairings they together. should just like for the next mix match challenge they should do all couples yeah, yeah they yeah. have enough yeah <laughs> just do all couples like and let them just have fun because mm-hmm. that's pretty much kind of like what the mix match challenge was they're out oh, yeah. there having fun so just just let these couples out there go out and have some fun and that'd be pretty cool yeah no i agree and then we get your favorites <laughs> uh robert stone and chelsea green <laughs> mm, i can't stand that guy his ankles and his stupid glasses Ugh. <laughs> What is it the the what what they call the the Robert Stone effect or like oh Robert Stone Productions yeah yeah not a fan I'm I'm not I haven't bought in yet it's but, gonna happen but wh- which other pair that you said that he's already oh he made? had uh Riddick Moss and Dan Matha oh right but they never did anything on NXT TV like I seen it on the NXT Instagram oh, okay. all the time. It's, oh, man, Robert Stone, Robert Stone and his dudes. Oh, wow. But they just never did nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess he would. Riddick Moss is now with... He lost him to Mojo Raleigh, and I don't know what happened to Dan Matha again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That poor guy. Yeah, he's... He, not only was he, you know, put through the ringer with Joe on his false debut start, uh, but yeah, he's... I think he's been one of the longest guys in the pc now that has just been there and hasn't been you know given his uh his any 
type of character or push yet. You know, it's like the Ely twins. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, that, yeah. that was their names, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those those didn't they release them or one of them? Technically, they released one. I don't know if the other one is still around because I haven't done the research yet. But I know there was a thing where they had released one and they kept one. So everyone thought at that point that that one that didn't get released was finally going to get his singles push. But I believe that's been over a year now. So I don't know if he got injured or if they just, yeah. Had, uh, I feel so bad for all of them. Yeah. But hopefully if they bring back the uh, breakout tournament, hopefully we get those two guys in it and they fight. Yeah, finally... man, get that man. Get that man a chance. Yeah. My guy a chance. I don't even know why he's my guy, but that's my guy. I, I like him too. Yeah. I don't even know why. He got he got hyped up, then he got buried by Joe, mm-hmm. like, or he got squashed by Joe. Yeah. And then, let's go, Dan Mathis. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So then we get the dream match between Mustache Mountain versus the newly formed reformed. DIY, reformed, I should say. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, DIY. So I think this to me is hopefully the last time they do a reunion because they're starting to feel very shield to me where they kind of just keep uh yeah they get a new shirt each time yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> they they just temporarily break them up and bring them back together so hopefully I, i'll bring this up more later throughout the match but but yeah hey man they can't do the shield reunion no more so yeah they gotta uh, have yeah. some reusable reunion that they could do over and over as eh, put diy back together yeah yeah that's you're probably right. People love it, <laughs> and this is all still water in NXT. Wait until they hit the you know oh Raw Lord, and they're, they're gonna reunite like every time they jump between Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, <laughs> I have to look at this for the next like seven years. Yeah, Jesus. So with the uh, the video package, I thought it was kind of interesting because these two teams aren't really beefing with each other. It was just based off a Twitter uh, post, I believe. Yeah, it was just like, hey man, you guys want to wrestle? Yeah. Match made. Yeah, <laughs> that was literally it. And then somehow the the production guys still put a pretty decent video promo off of this. And I was like, ah, oh. because, you know, they hyped it up as the NXT, uh, the NXT UK founding fathers versus the, you know, the reuniting uh, DIY members. So, you know, I still have mixed feelings about this because I just don't think Trent Seven should have been in that match. If you're going to plug it like a founding father, mm-hmm. you got to put Pete Dunne in there, man. Because mm-hmm. you might as well put the dudes who won the, the UK title first. Yeah. Or the guys who competed for it like in the in the finals and had like a barn burner at a takeover. Like, I mean, they were NXT tag champions, but they didn't even won the NXT UK tag team championships. Like, how are you going to say that Trent Seven is... That's like saying like... I mean, they did say this, but that's like saying like Sean Waltman was a founding member of the NWO. He wasn't. Like, come on, man. You can't slip this by everybody. The internet is undefeated. Yeah, you yeah. Lie, he's, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. But I guess half K-wise, Trent Seven is a, found, is a founding, founding father, <laughs> along with Tyler Bate. Yes. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, this is also an excuse to finally just give a uh, a dream match now that we're doing brand versus brand as well. So, you know, I, I can't really hate on it. Yeah, that I much. roll with it, too, especially since it was a great match. Yeah. <laughs> also, we didn't see this because, of course, we were watching the show live. But now that I rewatched it, it was also a very blatant version to uh, promote the Supercard mobile game because they were promoting it during the uh, their entrances where, you know, they were... Just giving out the stats for DIYs, cards, and all this other stuff. So, 
Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we saw it live. So I'm about to download that. <laughs> I'm going to see what the hype is all about. Yeah. <laughs> Start spending hella money. I know. <laughs> and then the next time it's like, well, it's just me because uh, you, you developed <laughs> well, a, a gambling problem. <laughs> yeah. He spent all his money playing a WWE Supercard. <laughs> it's homeless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> To start off the match, yeah, we have uh, some really good chain wrestling between Gargano and Bate. And yeah, to start off the match, they're doing it and they're still being very friendly with each other because, like, as we mentioned, there's really no beef between the two teams. And then we even have uh, Ciampa and Seven do a bunch of fun spots. Oh, like, yeah, they did like they did a little pose down. Mm-hmm. They were both showing how buff they are. And then they, they had a. Uh, <laughs> they have Chompa and like Trent Seven do a pose down, and Trent Seven was like, "Nope, I'm not doing that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It, was, it was they were doing the mustache pose down first, and then once uh, Chompa did like the gun show, mm-hmm. then afterwards Trent was about to. He was like, "Nah, I don't, nah, I don't. you know what? No, he he took the he's a bigger man for that." Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Trent Seven for that one for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, finally when they started getting a little bit more violent and you know start being more competitive. Both uh, members of DIY throw both members of uh, Mustache Mountain on top of the announcers, uh, the commentators tables. And then Ciampa does his uh, clap thing. Oh, yeah. Where he like clap, 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 pats himself on the back. Yeah. And then uh, what um, Gargano sat next to him and started doing the clap, 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 pat on the back. It's cute. Yeah. (laughs) So I thought it was cute. But then I also thought about like. This is coming off the guys who have been feuding for like two years. <laughs> and then, so to me, I, you know, of course it's Worlds Collide, so it's not like a takeover or a pay-per-view, but it just felt very house showy just because mm, okay. you, you had these two guys who like literally were, I don't even think Candace, uh, Candace LeRae is still cool with, uh, with Ciampa, but Gargano is all, is all in at oh, this point. Buddy, buddy, bought back into, he's like, yeah, man, you're going to get Goldie back and everything yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, so I, I, it didn't bother me that much, but when you, you know, half K it and you're just like, yeah, you guys just had like a blood feud for the last two years that they're out there trying to kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> Power bombs on the floor. Either these fools like choke him out with his own knee brace. Exactly. Come on, man. And now y'all, yeah, we're buddies again. Yeah. <laughs> clap, 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 pat your back. But barn burner. Barn burner. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, I, I really like the fake out between where DIY was uh, about to, you know, do their uh, meet in the middle, I think is what they call it. Mm. And then, uh, oh, no, actually, I should say before that, Seven does his uh, his fake chop attempt. And then Gargano looks like, you know, he, he tries to block it and then tricks him and then does the, the DDT. DDT. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like that spot. And I think Gargano and Seven did a really good job of. You know, for the record, he got that from Arn Anderson. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah, that's Arn Anderson special right there. What were they called? Um, the uh, the Brain Busters. Yeah, yeah, yes. that, that's a Brain there Buster. We go. Yeah, 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 classic. So, and then Seven. I really like Seven though, as much as like we gave him stuff for the Founding Fathers. Thing. No, I can't. I can't front either. I really like Trent Seven myself. I yeah, just... <laughs> he hit that really nice sequence where he did the uh, roll up power bomb and then cartwheeled out of it and then did the, <laughs> the clothesline sequence and yeah it's it's just super smooth for- trent seven can go mm-hmm. like no make no doubt about it trent seven can go his placement in his match is still questionable but <laughs> he showed you why he belonged yeah yeah <laughs> 
And then, yeah, then they try to do later on in the match, they try to do the meet in the middle spot, which is the um, running knee and super kick combo. Yes. But then uh, Seven actually protects Bait from it happening. So then when they try to like, you know, attack him there, then they both fake him out with uh, bop and bang. Yeah. And yeah, I, I thought it was just a, a really good sequence because afterwards, then they hit the uh, burning ham burning hammer knee combo yeah and then uh yeah champa is still able to kick out and it got a huge like pop from the audience so i thought it was a really good sequence so then the yeah the um the closing sequence is when diy catch uh when they both catch bait in the air with a uh double super kick mm, that's and, right and then yeah that's when the seven is all by himself where they actually hit the meet in the middle sequence mm. and pick up the win so yeah it was I thought it was a really good match, and I think even Mark had mentioned after the show that his, he said it was his uh, favorite match of the night. So, nice. Yeah. Okay. That, and that's, like I would mention, it's a really good perspective to hear from from Somebody his. who's not like an active wrestling fan anymore. Like, he knows what he's looking for, but mm-hmm. he's not an active fan. So, like, everybody in the episode, I feel like, is new to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure, especially for Worlds Collide. Like, I think he had remembered some people from the Royal Rumble. But I'm pretty sure everyone from Worlds Collide. I don't. I don't think he's familiar with. So yeah, I, I I'm looking at it again now, and I would I would I would think not. Yeah, even after the match, there's like no uh, no harm or what's the word uh, animosity animosity between both teams, and they kind of do a uh, a handshake at the end. So really good, really good sportsmanship by both teams. Is it isn't it like hella interesting how you got how you'll have right here a face on face battle and then the, the last match was like a heel on heel. I know battle. that's what I, I was very surprised very about. Very interesting dichotomy of like the booking there. Yeah. That's uh but it worked somehow it it's uh they pulled it off or it worked out perfectly. Uh so yeah afterwards then we get a shot of oh I should mention earlier in the mm-hmm. night they showed uh undisputed era backstage kind of you know preparing for a match undisputing things yes <laughs> and then imperium on imperium thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i really like these uh segments they have them on um on regular nxt programming where they kind of have the wrestlers prepping and then they have like their flag in like this huge flag in the back and Imperium have the same thing where they have their own team flag as mm-hmm. they're like repping. And I really want that flag because it was pretty cool looking where it's it as the NXT UK logo with Imperium and you know it I thought it, it looked pretty cool. So yeah, we uh then we go to the audience shot again and we we show uh Mercedes Martinez, which is pretty cool because yeah, she recently officially got signed by WWE. And then we get a shot of our good old friend DK Dakota Kai. It, it looked as soon as they show her on camera, of course, everyone started instantly booing her. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> Lady Kane came. <laughs> Miss Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox. Just jumping, jumping her, dude. Came and gave her to Knox, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll definitely bring up Knox on part two of our coverage with the the with the with Rumble. But yeah, they did a really good job here. And the crowd was super invested in this little mini brawl that they had between... I like their little rivalry. Like it's, they just beat the crap out of each other. Like yeah. whenever, whenever they get a chance, like oh, I hate you. Yeah, and they kind of have pretty much stretched it, uh, stretched it from uh, Survivor Series. So yeah, that's a, it's a good that's a good little run for it. Like to not have any titles or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's you know just like beating each other up with a knee brace. Yeah, they're they're building it up, and I think it it's really really well done so far. I wonder what, where it's gonna culminate. 
because they just wrestled on the, the latest episode of NXT. I won't say anything about like the results, but they just had their like I think want to I want to say like their first singles match mm-hmm. since the rivalry began. But it's gonna continue. Yeah, if if they don't settle it at uh, probably Portland, Portland. Yeah, if yeah. they don't settle it at Portland, then yeah, maybe maybe even the takeover at uh, at Mania. So we'll see. Cool. Are they, are they doing one? Uh I don't think they have announced it, but I would assume they would. But we'll see. <laughs> uh, cool. So afterwards, then, yeah, we get a video package of uh, Bianca. Or I should say they do a, a video package of Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley. And, you know, they do a good job of bringing up their history from their previous bouts. And after the video package, then we get Miss Bianca Belair in the audience because she will be challenging the winner of this contest. The EST mm. of NXT. She's the most NXTist of all NXT. Of all NXT. <laughs> and I think this is probably the only person because I didn't see her. Well, actually, I wasn't watching to see if she actually left. But I think this is the only person that actually stayed at least for one full match in her seat. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, because, that makes sense. Yeah, she might have stayed. I don't remember. Yeah, because she was there and then she was also there after the match. So I would assume that she would have at least stayed there to watch the entire match so one would think yeah (laughs) but again i wasn't keeping a close eye on her (laughs) so yeah we have uh unlike the mia yim and kaylee ray match from earlier this one is actually for the nxt championship because we have now dropped the women's portion of it you know they're they're actually getting really inconsistent with this yeah it's like (laughs) (laughs) like one commentator says nxt championship the other one's gonna say like Women's Championship. Wikipedia says NXT Women's Championship. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like it's it's all over right now. But hey, NXT Championship. Yeah. The the good thing about the graphic because yeah, I, I watched it. The graphic never. I don't think it ever said Women's Championship mm. because it just shows the belt. Okay. So nice. At least the graphic is always up to date. <laughs> nice. All right. At the very least, <laughs> get your graphics straight. So. Yeah. So then, uh, <laughs> Storm comes out and. Kind of as we we mentioned when we saw her again at the Royal Rumble, she looked very natty and Alexa Blishish. Yeah, you're looking like she took some of Natty's gear, and cut it to make it look like Alexa <laughs> Bliss's gear. Yeah, I like Tony Storm. Yeah, I, I really really like Tony Storm here. But yeah, this one as well. I'm I'm not gonna go over every spot, but as I mentioned before, they've worked together on uh, the. Uh, first matches in NXT UK for the initial women's tournament. Mm-hmm. And as you can tell in this matchup, they have really good chemistry. They uh, Rhea kind of does like what I call the female version of the three amigos where she does the clothesline and then picks her up and then does another clothesline and then finishes it off with, a, with a, I think, a crescent kick. <laughs> ah, you're right. So I, I just any anytime any wrestler does like uh, repeated moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just call it the three, three amigos, amigos, man. <laughs> so that's her brutality. Yeah. <laughs> then, <laughs> then Storm hits uh, Ripley with a really good suplex into the turnbuckle, which yeah. yeah, she sold really well. And yeah, after that, then Storm hits a really nice delayed DDT, kind of what we just mentioned, where I would have believed it as a finisher because the way that she sold it. And I think I don't know your perspective on it, but I like it when smaller competitors hit a ddt like that on a taller person because it just makes it look more elevated when once they're like in the air you know what i mean oh yeah when, like if they if you get somebody who could get ddt and like they, they throw their body into yeah, it yeah, and yeah. like get spiked like who else used to get ddt rob van dam gets ddt oh really yeah good. exactly yeah, yeah 
so yeah, just if you could just like get somebody small to spike somebody big, it always looks good. Yeah. And then kind of vice versa, where when it's someone tall doing it on a shorter person, I really like when Ripley hit the, uh, or I should say when she applied the standing clover leaf because, mm. because of, the, of the reverse effect, because since uh, Storm is a little bit shorter than her, mm-hmm. it just gives it more elevation as she's yeah. holding it's like it. It's like when uh, Brock used to do the Brock lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it the uh, stretch muffler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then you could like kind of ragdoll little people like that. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so then in the uh, in the closing sequence, then Storm actually tries to go for her version of the frog splash and and fortunately misses. <laughs> and then Rhea hits her with the Riptide for the finish. Pump handle slams. Yes. <laughs> Pump <Yeah>. handle. <laughs> but yeah, kind of how I mentioned earlier, like these two, again, work really well with each other. But what we mentioned earlier, where if this was placed a little bit earlier in the card, I think the crowd would have been a little bit more receptive to it. You I know? think they a, um, a pretty short program too like mm-hmm. it was only 10 minutes yeah 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 but it whereas like the um the fatal four-way was 12 minutes it, it sent longer yeah this one was 10 minutes but it, it really felt a lot shorter than that it almost felt really rushed so i kind of felt bad from there they didn't yeah. really get to fully like explore what that rivalry could have been because mm-hmm. i mean i i imagine they're gonna run it back though somehow oh yeah 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 since what storm has what two wins over ripley right now yes to, to ripley's one mm-hmm. so yeah like ripley has to like catch up or exceed like that right there just to kind of like le- legitimize her run yeah no i agree i i think that's definitely a rematch later down the road after uh after she dismisses bel-air mm-hmm. maybe you maybe you do a triple threat after that I think probably even after uh, WrestleMania, yeah. like if she still holds on to the title after WrestleMania. I think so. I think she'll have a at least maybe a six month run mm-hmm. with the title. Yeah, I can't really see any any reason for her to drop it to any of the any of the ladies right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. No, I, I I think that's definitely and how you mentioned maybe at that point too they'll have more of a uh, kind of like tension and actually build up a, a storyline. Uh, and then so one of them may be a heel and face to kind of give it more of a stronger dynamic as well. So cool. So before we get to the main event, we get a uh, or, or I should say after this match, then, yeah, Belair is still at ringside and Rhea and uh, Belair kind of get into like a little shouting contest from mm-hmm. from the ring to the uh, to the uh, fans. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like they're really building up this matchup for NXT TakeOver Portland. So. Right before this, then we cut to the broadcast team and they had mentioned that something had happened during the match <laughs> and then they kind of replay it. And yeah, they're interviewing Johnny Gargano backstage. <laughs> and then uh, our boy Finn Balor out of nowhere just goes like, hi, Johnny. And yeah. <laughs> hi, Johnny. Clobbers that fool out of nowhere. <laughs> and then my favorite spot where I was just like laughing is when they were trying to break him up. He was like, get your hands off. Get me. your hands off me. <laughs> <laughs> messing with the Finn man <laughs> Finn just like throws one of the security guys over like a table as yeah, well and yeah, then, he threw him hell for it yeah. too <laughs> out there messing with Phineas Ballard don't you ever yeah so I, like I said I didn't watch this week's episode of NXT yet but it seemed like uh, Tyler Bate was you know really uh, stopped the 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 brawl to, mm-hmm. from uh, continuing and he had yelled at him saying like this is not your fight and that was it mm-hmm. so I don't know if 
if it's just like a thing just to break them up or if they're actually going to do like a mini like match between uh Balor and, and Tyler Bate here so who knows <laughs> we'll see hopefully but, I, that'd be a uh, that'd be a dope match yeah, too, yeah, yeah actually yeah they should be getting to that yeah cool so then yeah we have our main event of the show which is the undisputed era of Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly Mr. Bobby Fish and Mr. Strong. <laughs> yeah, Roderick Strong, Roddy Strong, Roddy Mr. Strong. Marina Shafir. Yes. <laughs> Versus the NXT super brand. Mm. The, or I should say the NXT UK super stable of mm-hmm. Imperium, which is Walter, Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bartel, and Mr. Alexander Wolf, formerly of Sanity. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Fabian Eichner, formerly of the Cruiserweight Classic. Mm-hmm. Which I don't understand how this dude got to 205 pounds when that dude is a walking muscle. Yeah. Um, I was telling Mark about this during their entrance that I was telling him like, yeah, Eichner used to because I think it was Drake who was uh, refereeing this match. And I was telling him like when he first started off, he started off as as a cruiserweight and he kind of had like Drake's like mm, upper body. mm -hmm. And then I told him like, yeah, over the last couple of years, he gained that muscle mass. And Mark was like, wow, that's. That's really impressive. That's a big dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like Imperium. Mm-hmm. I like I like them a lot. I think it, I think it's rude as hell that they they got all these dudes from all the countries that are Axis powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> and I really don't know how they got away with doing that in the UK. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It works, and they're like really dope. Yeah, like that's just a really cool group of four dudes who wrestle good, mm-hmm. and they just put them together against four dudes who wrestle good yeah that they just put together yeah so it's just like these random almost seemingly random put together teams are really good and you got to think about the dynamics too like obviously i'm not as familiar with the imperium's um indie work Mm. but of course we all know we were just talking about this the other day with undisputed era basically being team roh yeah so we know their back history of like being able to have great chemistry with each other since they've worked with each other for years. Yeah, for sure. Like what Cole and O'Reilly were a tag team. Mm-hmm. And then um I forgot what they were called though, but they were a tag team. And then Fish and O'Reilly were Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. And then I think Strong either tag team with one of the dudes there at some point, or they just all crossed. I know they all crossed paths in ROH. Yeah. Adam Cole was also in the Bullet Club, mm-hmm. and it seems like he like people forget that all the time about him sure, that he was a Bullet Club I, dude. I'm pretty sure like most uh, casual fans don't know that. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he was a Bullet Club dude. So it's like when you look at like Balor and Styles all the time, it's like, well, what about Cole? Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree, and I think I I think I even realized that just a few years ago too. So uh, I don't claim to be a super new japan mark if i didn't I know just that. like to know all the dudes who are in the bullet club yeah yeah that's pretty much it yeah and now i've got my eyes on dudes who were uh in gobernables oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> like they're scattered around taking over stuff too so you gotta watch out for these stables man. yeah <laughs> real sneaky for real but yeah mark was even saying that he really liked uh Impor- imperium's uh entrance just you know of course the, of the theme song and their their uh mannerisms during the entrance oh, i love it, it. absolutely it, love yeah it. so it's kind of cool because like how you just said like both stables are 
just amazing wrestlers, but they bring something unique to the big stable group where mm-hmm. you have Undisputed Era who are all really good wrestlers and can back it up. And that's why they're super cocky. And then you have the opposite where they're super professionals and they're super and then good. they just back it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like the same mentality, but just going about it different ways. And mm-hmm. that's why. I, really cool. I love it. Yeah. Both uh, heels too. Exactly. And I I had seen on our uh, our Twitter account where a lot of people, when the Survivor Series first happened, they had thought that this matchup was going to happen. And in my mindset, I was like, it would be cool, but I don't think it would make sense to have this big stable versus stable match during Survivor Series because you already have how we mentioned where Survivor Series is already stacked up enough that it would kind of get lost in the shuffle. And in my mind, I was like, it doesn't make sense either as a WrestleMania match. No. So then now when... Worlds Collide was first announced. I was like, that's exactly where they're going to do it. You know, that's really dope, too. But I'm just thinking right now that they they may have jumped the gun and they could have done it at War Games. Mm, yeah, yeah, like yeah. They might have jumped the gun with this one unless they want to kind of like test the waters right now. And then they'll build up to it later. Like you could have Cole at some point challenge Walter for the UK title. Yeah. And then they have some kind of beef. Because at some point, all these fools are going to lose these belts. Yeah, like, yeah. Over the course of, I feel like, leading into WrestleMania, none of the Undisputed Era is going to have any belts, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it as I'm saying it, they might have missed their chance to do that war games because I feel like they might take the era up to um, Raw or SmackDown yeah. soon. I think that's why, yeah, with the thing people have brought up on Twitter, I think that's why I didn't think it would be a good move because... War Games was the night before Survivor Series. So I don't think it would have made sense because it would have got lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. If War Games had happened like in the summer or something, I think that's where Ooh, it would make Yeah, that would that would have that would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. That would have been a good like build up to it. Especially since uh, you know, like th- at this point, like the the era has so much beef with other people. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. have to kind of resolve those beefs exactly. before they could fully beef with Imperium. Yeah, and that's what I felt like what was going on because, yeah, they were going for the the Dynasty Championship run mm-hmm. that just kind of throwing them with Imperium at War Games didn't really make any sense at that time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I agree that once they had quit these mini feuds to get all the titles and then heading into World Collide, I think it made perfect sense to have nice. them fi- yeah. finally go, go after each other. Cool. So, yeah, we, uh, like I said, I won't go to every spot, but my favorite spots of this match were also when, uh, at the very beginning, when Kyle was kind of like running the gauntlet and fighting all of uh, Imperium, that after a while he got really cocky and mocked uh, Walter with like a Frankenstein type pose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right after then, uh, Marcel was able to get the hot tag to Walter, and then Walter destroys all of Undisputed Era and then mocks Riley right back with doing the- mocks Riley mocking him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I thought that was uh, pretty funny. Like, just you know, it's one of those things where Walter is still being respected as this really, Im- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Imposing figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I think it was good where, you know, he just throws in a shade of comedy. Yeah. It's, it's not where he's fully like Rusev comedy now. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. it's just like, oh, OK, you want to make fun of me? Like, I'm going to beat you up and then make fun of you after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, this is the scary part where I had to kind of watch how it happened. So what had happened was uh, Strong and Fish were hitting a double combo move where Strong had done a chop and then Fish had done his trademark uh kicks 
Mm-hmm. And then so Alexander Wolf was uh, on his knees at this point. And as Roddy hit him with the chop, then I guess it was just, you know, bad timing and, and everything where Fish actually catches uh, Wolf right on the chin. Mm. And literally, like, you, when you see the replay, it's just like he's instantly out. Like, mm. he just instantly gets knocked out. And that's where they, uh, th- thankfully the uh the referee was on top of it right away and just you know called it at that point oh, okay all right i'm gonna have to um go back and take a look at that yeah, yeah. i was wondering i was like man what happened to that fool yeah he they they caught him like square in the jaw and you can just see his eyes just like they're they're glazed and gone at that mm. point so, oh, man. so i'm really happy that they really got on top of that and really just took care of him right 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 then and there oh that's good stuff okay good, yeah good job riffs yeah but uh but yeah then the rest of the match there's like I said, a bunch of good spots, even though we had a uh, three versus four dynamic at that point. But they what I really liked about this match is during the middle part, Roddy and Walter hit a spot where Roddy hits a crazy suplex on Walter and uh, takes him out on the uh, announcer's table. So that kind of puts Walter out on the sidelines for a little bit, maybe I would say three fourths of the match. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, then it creates a two versus four dynamic. But what I really liked about this is that at that point, unfortunately, because Wolf is gone, but this also gave the spotlight for Barcel and Eichner. Oh, where, yeah. Where they uh, they were finally able to kind of showcase to them in like a main event spot of like what those guys could do. And yeah, they really held their own during uh, during that match. And they got probably the biggest pops afterwards because Eichner got the shine. And like, of course, he hit his trademark cruiserweight moves where he does his uh like double jump moonsaults mm-hmm. and like that guy can go yeah 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 Eichner I'm, can go and i'm really glad because yeah it, it definitely finally gave him the spotlight where people had only seen it at the cruiserweight tournament or in some of the uk random episodes yeah, or maybe yeah. even regular nxt mm-hmm. but now that he got this spotlight in the main event that yeah people were like whoa this guy can really go and and yeah he in the closing sequence he even hit that spot where Everyone else other than Fish and Walter were on the outside. And then he just like did his trademark climb, quick climb to the top rope and did like a big splash to like. Yeah, it was almost like a turn, frog splash, cross body block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can go, man. Yeah. So, yeah, after that, since all those guys are on the outside, then uh, Walter comes back into the match and uh, Fish tries to hit a moonsault. But misses, and then Walter quickly hits his like shotgun <laughs> drop kick, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like similar to Balor, but he literally just throws his whole big b- <laughs> body at him. <laughs> and then yeah, he hits the cradle uh, power bomb for the victory. And I really like how he does it because he really like gets over the guy. That's you know? such like a, a, a like I forgot who did that in Japan where you like you hit that power bomb and they like slide over him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It was in, like, uh, WCW versus uh, mm-hmm. NWO. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those dudes. I forgot his name. It was He wore uh, black pants. Not in a video game, but, like, in Japan. He wore black pants with, like, yellow uh, yellow side things on it. I forgot mm-hmm. what it was, though. It wasn't Misawa, but it was the guy who always fought against Misawa. It was the one who caught the burning hammer from ah, Misawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so... Team Imperium picks up the victory. So let me actually go through this because I actually didn't keep track. So if we're not counting the pre-show match, we have Balor for Team NXT. So that's one. Then we have uh, Jordan with one. So one and one. Then we have DIY. 
So that's two. Then we have uh, Ripley. Ripley. Oh, yeah. So then and then we have Imperium at the end. If you count the pre-show, it's three, three. Yeah. 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 So that's I think yeah, that pretty much put both brands at a, at a good standing point where they kind of evened out at that point. Yeah, no, that's a good one, because since they're kind of both on the same level of where they are, mm-hmm. you don't really want to bury one or mm-hmm. the other. Yeah. And since like um, NXT got most of the wins on the main show, but Imperium got the big win. Exactly. It kind of balanced out really good. Yeah. And like I said, due to the unfortunate events with Wolf it kind of helped them in, in the long haul because then it, they kind of came over it. That's yeah. It made them seem extra hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a really good event, dude. And like, it was so easy to digest. Yeah. Like it, it got straight to the action with like all the matches. There was no fluff. They had like in between segments that were like kind of funny. And I think what, as a whole, it was only like a couple of hours. Yeah. It was only uh two and a half. So that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked it. It was, it was an interesting mix because when I rewatched it, it kind of felt like the other WWE Network exclusives, like when they did um, the one in Japan, the one mm-hmm. in Australia. But yeah. it had a little bit, <laughs> it had a little bit more oomph to it, where it did feel like a takeover, but it wasn't officially a takeover. But a lot of stuff happened on the show that made the storylines continue, so it didn't feel like a house show. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think overall, yeah, I really liked it, and I really think that this in a couple of years is going to be one of those again, hidden gem pay-per-view type shows just because no one, uh, no one really expected it, especially uh, before the Royal rumble and before like an upcoming takeover mm-hmm. that when people rewatch this in a couple of years, they'll be like, yeah, that, that was a really good hidden gem special overall. Yeah. You know, I'm almost uh, feeling like they might be double dipping a little too much having this takeover written like the following month like that. Mm-hmm. It's a little, it might be a little, overloaded but like takeovers never disappoint yeah so yeah i mean we'll see and it's gonna be good so yeah man i can't wait yeah cool so yeah that does it for worlds collide but we will uh, be back with our second episode where we kind of recap our overall experience at Houston and the Royal Rumble. It, will, it won't it won't be as detailed as this episode. This will be a little bit more overall our experience and just live interaction with uh, with the pay-per-view, you know? Yeah, it'll be more kind of just us sharing our experience. You know, we're more of a, a NXT based show. So uh, it makes sense for us to go more in depth with Worlds Collide. Mm-hmm. But it just so happens that we went to the Royal Rumble too. We want to tell you guys about it. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, tune in to that episode. It will go up at the same time as this one. So once you finish listening, if you made it this far, thank you. Uh. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, feel free to check out that episode as well. Uh. So that will do it for us, your boy, the Nandalorian. <laughs> and uh, Elevator. Hefe. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would say my, my only plug is the podcast itself. And uh, don't worry, season three of our regular podcast is coming up very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, did you have any other plugs for, for yourself? I do. Uh, shout out to Murderverse Radio. Um, you can see them 
on uh, YouTube slash counterproductive. It is mm. a battle rap podcast by battle rappers. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, guys on the show are Ryan Watkins, Gray Fox, and Tantrum. All Bay Area guys. They do a real oh, nice. good show. They talk about a variety of different things, man. They cover like everything from like wrestling to just like some of their experiences doing different stuff. And they talk a lot about battle rap and, you know, it's a real cool show. Come on um, every Sunday at 8 p.m. Mm. So once again, counterproductive slash Murderverse Radio. Uh, or no, my bad. Uh, YouTube slash counterproductive. Mm. Okay. You can find them They're streaming live on YouTube every Sunday night. Cool. Yeah, I'll make sure to uh, put the links in the description as, as always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. So that will do us for this episode. And we will see you next time. Episodes. Yes. Yes. <laughs>